So we continue now our series, Christmas in Real Life. Uh, this, this holiday is gonna be far from ideal, and so we're just leaning into that, kind of embracing reality. And, and I wonder, is there someone who influenced your decision to, to, to become what you became as an adult? Right? Is there somebody that, that inspired you to pursue a career or to kind of become the person you are today? Even if your work is in the home, that's still a career. You just get paid a lot less, right? For a lot of us, it might have been our parents. Both of my parents were pastors. All the time, I'd hear you're going to be the chip off the old block, and that's what I did. Uh, so it might have been somebody in your family, uh, but it could have been a lot of different folks. This happens in a lot of different ways. So often, we become inspired when we see someone doing something amazing that looks like us. It, it, it's a spark that, that makes us think, well, maybe, maybe I could do something like that too. Seeing yourself in someone else can be such a powerful force. And it can also be equally tragic if that spark isn't given a chance to fan into a flame. There's an author named Malcolm Gladwell who has a podcast called Revisionist History where he explores the overlooked and the understood. And in season two of his podcast, Gladwell talks about the repercussions of Brown versus Topeka Board of Education, the landmark Supreme Court case that desegregated schools. Within my parents' lifetime and within a lot of our congregation's lifetime, white students and black students went to schools that were supposed to be separate but equal under Jim Crow era laws. And when the court ruled in the plaintiff's favor, when they sided with Brown, it ended the segregation of students in black and white schools. Certainly something to celebrate. Uh, this changed the course of American history, but not all for the better. See, what happened was students became integrated, teachers did not. When you had two sets of teachers in two different schools in the same town, who do you think lost their jobs? The white teachers or the black teachers? Black teachers and administrators paid the price of integration. One article from Education Week estimated in the 17 states at the time where we had segregated schools as a nation, the percentage of teachers that were black was 35 to 50%. And now decades later, the percentage of black teachers in America is 7%. Now, how do we go backwards? Now, please understand, I'm not trying to knock teachers. I'm married to one. I'm very pro-teacher. Uh, all I'm trying to point out is, is it's shocking to me that even as we laud a Supreme Court decision that ended segregation, there was still a cascading effect, right? Because you had an entire generation of students that grew up, grew up without any teachers that looked like them. And then those students never became teachers to inspire not only their biological children, but the children they might have taught and on and on. There's power in seeing someone that we can aspire to be like especially when that person looks like us. I've been fortunate to have the opportunity to do a staff development days uh, with, with all sorts of people in all sorts of places. And one of the questions I always like to ask is who inspired you to do this work? Over and over, I hear stories about a special person that inspired someone to become who they became, to do what they saw this other person doing. They saw someone doing something amazing and thought, well, maybe I could do that too. One pastor told me she didn't even 
consider it a possibility that she could be a pastor until she herself had a female pastor in her 40s. Sometimes new possibilities are unlocked when we see someone like us. And that's what we celebrate at Christmas, God becoming like us. In the second half of the New Testament, we have the book of Hebrews, and it describes the power of Jesus becoming a person. Hebrews was written to a mostly Jewish audience, and and it it connects uh, a lot of what we read in the Old Testament to the New Testament. The book of Hebrews has the most citations from the Old Testament of any book in the Bible. And the author is urging the audience to see Jesus as superior to anything else they could put their faith in or their hope in. Because the, the church at the time is under an intense period of persecution. So they were trying to hang on. Hebrews 12.3 is a prime example of the heart of the message of this book. We read, Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. One of the major themes of Hebrews is Jesus is our exemplar or our supreme example. Someone we should follow and devote ourselves to, especially because he came to us in a form we can understand. And this is emphasized in our scripture today. We'll start back in Hebrews chapter two with verses 14 and 15. Since the children have flesh and blood, the children of God, people, since the children have flesh and blood, he too, he being Jesus, shared in their humanity so that by his death, he might break the power of him who holds the power of death, that is the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. So Jesus, who was co-equal, co-eternal with God, took on flesh and blood. That's known as the incarnation, and it serves as a signal of God's great love for us. Athanasius was uh, an amazing leader in the early church, and in the fourth century, he wrote a book called On the Incarnation. We've been having a daily devotion that I'd love for you to join in on. And you can subscribe to that at our website, carney.church. Just click on our Advent devotional, and every day you'll get a prayer and a scripture and a reflection as we journey toward Christmas. This is what Athanasius said. Our own cause was the occasion of his descent, and that our own transgression evoked the word's love for human beings, so that the Lord both came to us and appeared among human beings. For we were the purpose of his embodiment. And for our salvation, he so loved human beings as to come to be and appear in a human body. Jesus showed love by showing up. He showed up. He joined us in our humanity. While eternal, Jesus could not die. So by taking on a body, he could die a death while we deserved. While in his divinity, showing himself superior to death, in the resurrection three days later. This is a theme we'll pick up on next week as well. Really, Christmas, uh, the incarnation is the beginning of God's rescue mission. And this shows us how much God loves us. It shows us that God loves without limits. Jesus taking on flesh and blood means accepting all the weakness and frailty and, and mortality that we experience as human beings. Jesus showed up like us For our sake. The author of Hebrews continues in verse 16 For surely it is not angels he helps, but Abraham's descendants. Again, the book of Hebrews ties in the Old and New Testament. And so this verse refers back to the promise that God made Abraham 
that his descendants would outnumber the stars and that, that they would be blessed through him. All the nations of the earth would be blessed through him and that God would bring Abraham and his descendants into their own land. That promise was fulfilled with Christ. And with the benefit of hindsight, we now understand that that promise to Abraham wasn't referring to a political or a geographic kingdom, but an eternal one. This is the work that Christ came to fulfill. For this reason, verse 17 in Hebrews 2 tells us, for this reason he had to be made like them, fully human in every way, in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God, and that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. The nature of God is something that's hard to wrap your mind around. And that's a good thing, right? Like, would you be very impressed with a God who was super predictable or who you could master like some type of crossword puzzle or something that you had it all figured out? No, it's, it's, it's a good thing that God is beyond our understanding. But God knew that we as people needed help understanding God's character and God's nature. So God became fully human in every way, except he would succeed in all the places where we fall to temptation. So in Jesus' humanity, he accepted a mortal body, which he offered on our behalf. And in his divinity, he showed his superiority to death all to show us the infinitely deep love of God. I love how 1 John 3.16 puts it. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. Jesus laying down his life for us began when he became like us at Christmas time. I don't think there's any way we can possibly comprehend what Jesus left behind for our sake. I mean, the selflessness, uh, the, the, his, his, he left behind his perfect existence. He left behind his, his perfect, co-equal, loving community as part of the Trinity. He left behind his state of perfection and willingly gave it all up. Jesus shared in our human, humanity and he made himself an obedient servant, even to the point of death, where he would sacrifice his life out of love for us. One of the most beautiful passages in scripture puts it this way. The mindset of Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Last week, our nation remembered the day that will live in infamy the attack on Pearl Harbor on December 7th, 1941. And in the weeks and months after that attack, recruitment offices for our armed services saw hundreds of thousands of people enlist to become part of our military. Some historians say that that post-Pearl Harbor period, that time of World War II, was among the most sustained unity we've ever seen in our country. When people saw their country threatened, when they saw their people under attack, they responded by putting their lives on the line. We're willing to suffer only for things we love. You don't suffer for something you don't care about. What's the point? Jesus became flesh and blood because he saw his people were under attack. They were slaves to sin and death and the fear of dying. So he willingly gave up his divine status to be made like us and join our suffering until he defeated death. Jesus showed love by showing up. 
So to me, the question is, how can we emulate Jesus and continue to show up? What does it mean for us to show up for other folks, especially folks who, who don't know the love of Christ yet? We as a church have made a decision, like Jesus, to set aside our preferences at this current time. To put our own preferences aside, what we would rather have, we're gonna, we're gonna put that away for the greater good. By not gathering in person, we're choosing to submit to the leadership of our Missouri Annual Conference, our bishop, who has requested that United Methodist Churches in Missouri don't gather in person, and we're also submitting to the guidance of our local health ordinances. See, as a church, we're exempt from these, right? But we still choose to do them. The bishop didn't make us do anything. We're choosing to submit to our bishop's leadership. Now, friends, I won't sit here and tell you it's not hard. It is. But we're sacrificing for the sake of the most vulnerable among us, we're sacrificing for the sake of those that might be exposed. And we're sacrificing for the sake of those on the front lines of our first responders and our healthcare folks who are begging for people to take the deadliness of this virus seriously. Now, friends, when I think about not gathering on Christmas Eve in person, I, I, I really can't, I can't handle it. You know, as a pastor, there's no better time to do what you do than at Christmas. And, and man, COVID is just messing up my Christmas. First one without my dad. Try not to bring that up every two minutes, but there it is. COVID, man. Ugh. I, there's not a whole lot of things in my life that I can say I'm batting a thousand on. But being at, at church at Christmas Eve is one of them. Man, I can even guarantee you that I was at church on Christmas Eve before I was born when my mom was pregnant. I am 36 for 36 on Christmas Eve, and it's just tough for me to handle that not being the case this year. This year will look different. I can't show up to Christmas Eve the way I would prefer, the way I'm used to. When we set aside our preferences for the sake of others, we follow the mindset of Christ. You're willing to suffer for something that you love. And this struggle has caused me to realize something in this season. I need to expand my parameters of what it means to show up. Because even though we haven't had in-person gatherings, I'm here to tell you, friends, our church is still showing up. This is a picture out of my office looking out onto the highway. And that line of cars you see is a line of cars backed up from our parking lot all the way onto Highway 92. And these are all the people getting free COVID testing in our parking lot. The demand was so high that this is now actually happening weekly, every Monday from 1230 to 330. PM. The demand is so high in our area for free COVID testing, they had to expand it. So now it's every weekly weekday. <laughs> now it's happening weekly on Monday. Now, Mondays for me in the fall used to mean Monday night football at Nikki's Pizza, which I would much prefer, right? But that's not where we're at right now. I'd prefer pizza over the parking lot but this is where we find ourselves, and this is where we as a church need to embrace the opportunities we have to serve others. We already have been in conversation with Clay County Health about our church being a point of distribution when the vaccine is dis distributed in our area, so that you'll have a safe place that you trust to come and be vaccinated. 
we will keep showing up as an asset for this community in Jesus' name. We just got to rethink what that means for a little while, how to show up just like Jesus did. All through November, we promoted our outreach opportunities. Uh, Friends, I've just been blown away. Our church is helping young at-risk families through Baby Grace. We're partnering with an organization that helps kids whose parents are incarcerated through Patch. We're providing Christmas presents to students who will be spending Christmas at uh, Watkins Mill Youth Facility. And we've provided masks for every student at our partner elementary school, Whittier Elementary. Friends, this is just an image I will always remember the rest of my life. That when our church was closed, our lobby was still full of presents. This blows me away. This does not make sense. Unless Jesus somehow keeps showing up through you. Our church was closed, but the lobby was full. Come on, somebody. So right now, we may not be able to show up in the way that we would prefer. But that doesn't mean that we can't still show up for others in Jesus' name. So what if we took this time that we can't show up like we might prefer and turned it into an opportunity to show up for others? Our staff and volunteers have been working hard to produce a Christmas Eve experience that is compelling and that you'll want to share with folks that you know. I choose to look at this as a chance to share this message of hope at Christmas with someone who might not have ever set foot in our building in the first place. Will you join me in sharing this message of hope? Will you join me in showing up for somebody? Friends, we're just, I don't want to say we're making it up as we go along, but we're just, we're just trying all sorts of crazy stuff. So I got an opportunity for you. Next Sunday, December 20th, we're going to have drive-through carols and candles. Oh, yeah. So here's the deal. From 12 to 1 or 7 to 8.30. Now, y'all know we looked at the chief schedule. They play at 3.25. So I got you. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about kickoff. You can still come get your carols and candles on. You can come by church and we'll have folks serenading you with carols. And you can pick up the candles we always use on Christmas Eve to sing Silent Night. We want to hook your family up with those so you can still have that experience. And we want to provide you with candles and postcards or promotional materials to give away to a friend. Who's somebody that you know that you can share the light of Christ with this Christmas. Please come out next Sunday for carols and candles. It'll be right after church or from 7 to 8.30. Who can you share the light of Christ with this Christmas? Friends, Jesus showed love by showing up. So let's keep at it. And everybody said, amen. Let's pray. God, we thank you for this opportunity to be together in your presence, even as we're distributed. We pause to reflect on your great love that you showed for us at Christmas, coming to us in a form we can understand, knowing that in our humanity and our frailty, we couldn't wrap our minds around God, and so you showed up as God to show us what God is like. God, help us to show up for others the way you have for us. Help us to possess your mindset when it comes to setting aside our preferences for the sake of others. God, help us to show up for other people like you did for us in your great incarnation. Amen.